he's in his library. Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire siphon order. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gondahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gondahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to StarCrest. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. And in this episode, we'll discuss Moontrap from 1989, uh, starring, among others, Bruce Campbell uh, and Walter Koenig. I might be pronouncing that incorrectly. If I do, then I'm sorry. Uh, it's a sci-fi horror movie, and we're going to talk about it. My name is Ebba. And my name is Linnea. So is there... Um, any first impressions, anything you want to say before we get into synopsis? Um. Um, okay, first impressions. Okay, so I was not actually aware that Walter Koenig was in this. I hadn't looked up the actors beforehand, uh, except you mentioned Bruce Campbell to me yeah. earlier. But um, most people will probably know him as Checo from, from some seasons of Star Trek, but I know him best as Alfred Bester from Babylon 5. And Alfred uh. Bester is the kind of character that you just, you hate him. Oh, <laughs> so really? I... <laughs> oh, as, as someone who hasn't seen any of Babylon 5, that is, oh, interesting. I would love to see him in a role like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I heard... The, the Walter's voice and I saw his face in this and I'm just like oh damn no. you bester <laughs> I hate you and now I'm stuck with you for one and a yeah. half hours god damn it <laughs> so that was my first impressions yeah and I mean I was drawn into this movie to begin with because of Bruce Campbell and um, we'll get into spoilers concerning his character later uh, but I am very pleased to see that he's getting a lot of screen time and he is absolutely enjoyable as always and um, you know so first impressions is that uh, I was uh, I was uh, I was enjoying my time watching this and uh, from that we'll get into more specific things uh, later on I think so uh, do you feel like starting starting the what the movie is about like start it off and we'll we'll go through it really quickly what it's about yeah well um as you mentioned it's like a sci-fi horror film um and if you have your bingo card out with the sci-fi classic <laughs> you can sort of cross some of them off like oh so this oh, is a little sure. bit alien it's a little bit the thing it's a little bit of this and that a little bit um, <laughs> <laughs> but it starts out with um the space shuttle camelot i believe it was called uh with uh, the crew then of um Walter Koenig's and, and Bruce Campbell's characters on it. They find a strange ship floating somewhere outside the moon. Mm. Um, and they go and investigate and they find this skeleton or like a mummified skeleton of what looks like a human being, strangely. Um, and mm -hmm. also some kind of weird container that they don't quite know what it is. Yes, almost egg looking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, of course, they bring it back to Earth, because that's what you do. Um, <laughs> and this this egg-like container that I have brought, it, it contains some, some strange 
things. Um, it's not chickens. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, it seems to be some kind of AI robot thing. Maybe it's a little bit organic. Who knows? Who knows? It's an it's an alien being of some kind, uh, and it sort of starts to wreck a little havoc on the the laboratory where it's kept um uh, but walter Koenig's character i don't remember his name actually the character uh, jason jason yes colonel jason jason, jason yeah. saves the day obviously uh but then he's sort of trying to convince people that oh we should go back to the moon uh because we need to learn more of this and obviously people is are a bit hesitant to this, kind of think it sounds a bit stupid, uh, which I kind of also think it does. <laughs> uh, but eventually it is approved. So Jason and um, Ray Tanner, which is Bruce Campbell's character, they go to the moon and they find some weird things there. Mm. Um, more alien ships and also some kind of structure. Temple, yeah, temple. yeah that, that was actually a really cool visual, mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. temple there. Uh, and a lady, uh, randomly. Yes, Mira. Cause, yes, because obviously we have to have a woman on the moon, I guess. <laughs> Gotta have the love interest. <laughs> yeah. <Gotta> have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they fight more of these strange robot aliens. Um, and sadly, some of the crew does not make it out alive. Uh, mm. But Mira and Jason just eventually, after some, some strife and trouble, and then they lived happily ever after, I guess, on Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> excellent, excellent summary. I mean, this movie spends a lot of time on the moon and especially with two, uh, two characters mainly. So let's get into the characters first and then let's talk about moon because I'm excited about the moon. <laughs> so how do you feel about Jason? Because Jason is the main character. He is our hero, essentially, of the movie. How do you feel like... How do you feel about that character, and how do you feel about Walter portraying that type of character? Um, I was honestly a little bit surprised that Jason, you know, played by by Walter Koenigs, that he was the main character because I kind of felt like, well, Bruce Campbell's character felt more like your traditional sort of hero, um, young, handsome, and all that. Um, and I also kind of think that maybe Bruce Campbell was the better actor of the two. Um, I mean, I don't, I, I, I have nothing against Walter Koenigs. Like I said, I, I kind of loved to hate him in Babylon 5, but mm. Bruce Campbell was the better actor in this film at least. So, you know, I was, I was sort of surprised by that choice to make him the lead actor, maybe also slightly disappointed, but at the same time, it was sort of a, a break from maybe tradition, you know, you didn't have yeah. the youngest and the handsomest guy as the lead character, you exactly. know, it was someone else. So, you know, good, yeah. good things and bad things, I guess. Yeah. So we're kind of feeling the same thing here because I mean, at the same time you are, uh, I mean, it is, it is nice to see that the older man, because I did, <laughs> I did a bit of math, <laughs> basic <laughs> math here. Uh, I I believe Walter was about like 55, 56, so late 50s, let's say, when he um, is like when he's portraying this character. And he does look it and he does kind of feel like it because they are talking like mentioning his age many times. And he is uh, honestly like trying to prove that he is still capable 
uh, a lot of moments for example when the first robot alien is uh, is attacking uh, the base he's the one who is like crawling in a crawl space and like firing guns and and you know exposing himself to danger and it's very very quick to sort of take the role of the one who volunteers for something dangerous because he feels like I am the oldest so I know the most and and I am also very capable like he's doing also like push-ups at one point really proving like hello I am not a sterile old man I'm (laughs) I am you know like it's kind of having that feeling and so for that I can appreciate that the older man is is the hero however traditionally and maybe for this movie just because of how uh, like you say like how the actors actually are delivering and maybe also like how their charisma is coming across on screen I would have preferred if his role was more of a traditional mentor role to the young hothead character of uh, Ray uh, Bruce Campbell that is so I, I think I would have preferred that one even though it is nice that it is a bit of tradition against the a bit of a break against the tradition that is so um, a bit of a mixed bag in that regard and I also kind of felt like Walter's acting was a bit and I don't want to say this in a mean way because I do love Star Trek but it was a bit Star Trekky. If that makes <laughs> a bit stagey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah, don't know if I'm yeah. using these terms correctly, but you know what I'm, I'm getting yeah. at. Like a bit, uh, 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 I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I also feel like maybe we have to blame the script a little bit for that, yep, for the yep. writing, um, because some of the lines they have to deliver, even though they yeah, not necessarily yeah. deliver them well, the lines themselves are kind of you know a little bit awkward, a little bit stiff, a little yes. bit. Unnatural, Unpolished. yes, <laughs> yes. Um, especially in the, in the beginning, I think when they're sort of, <laughs> you know, giving you a lot of exposition, you know, yes. that part was sort of, uh, yeah, not 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 the greatest. Um, <laughs> Definitely. And so I, I don't blame everything on the actors. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's an it's it's actually an an, an absolute fair interpretation. Uh, so it it might just be the entire package that that does throw you off a bit um i'd say but i feel like um bruce campbell and walter koenig together were kind of nice but but unfortunately they weren't fleshed out enough they weren't um they didn't maybe have all the lines and all the sort of interactions that we might have needed for, for especially for some scenes that were supposed to be very emotional and they didn't they just didn't quite connect even though i felt like the actors were doing good job in the in the scene if that makes yeah, sense yeah just yeah. something something is is stopping this movie from being a really good movie and yeah, there are yeah. many many small things that together stop it from being that uh, i would still call this a fun entertaining movie to watch in my opinion but it, it doesn't quite get over the threshold to becoming uh, something I would might want to you know watch again or something like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I, um, I I agree with that. Um, you know, after I had finished the movie earlier today, I was sort of you know pondering, you know, because I kind of felt like oh there was something lacking here in mm. this film. Like on paper, I think this is actually quite a good idea for a story yeah. it's quite exciting yeah. premise you know find, finding ancient temples on the moon it's, yeah yeah i love that shit yeah and a but, robot but, who sort of crafts yeah. things out of whatever garbage metal he can find yeah, i like it yeah. i like it a lot um but then i also kind of felt like 
it 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 didn't leave an emotional impact on me the, yeah. the film it was sort of lackluster when it comes to to that part you know the the sort of I didn't really feel that big of a connection to the characters and and when Ray you know Bruce Campbell's character dies it's supposed to be tragic but I yeah. kind of didn't feel much at all about it so you know yeah exactly and it's so weird because they are absolutely giving it their all the actors yes. are yes. i mean there is i would i wouldn't say anything uh on on their part for that it's just that there is something missing and and um so so unfortunately so as i mentioned earlier <laughs> getting to the moon because this movie does take a lot of place on the moon like on the very surface of the moon not just hidden ancient temples but on the actual moon surface and how do you think that they uh, that the, like how do you think that the sets and everything came off to you like uh, how, did you like it did you not like it what were like things that you liked and didn't like I think on the most part I did like it the moon's surface and the moon environment I think they pulled it off quite well you know it did look gray and and you know you had your craters yeah. you know your big craters and your small craters and there was rocks everywhere and gray sand and everything it looked like the moon yeah. um if i'm gonna complain about something it is that you know some other shots were done with miniatures and you can quite easily tell that they were miniatures yes um, <laughs> quite obviously <laughs> so um yes yes I, I on the whole i think i liked that experience um mm. But, you know, if I'm going to be nitpicky, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, those were only small dolls that they were using for the astronauts. And, you know, <laughs> uh, but, o- but overall, I liked it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm <clears throat> absolutely OK with there being dolls and miniatures and being very obvious ones, because I still <laughs> felt like they were well crafted and they, they yeah, yeah. did do what they could with them. If, I, if I'm going to nitpick, I'm going to nit- nitpick about their movements uh, on the surface, mm. yeah. which they they did try at points to sort of walk like they were on the moon. But that is also asking a lot to um, to sort of get across and it can just kind of look awkward. So I feel like at some point they started just walking normally. And I think that was even I, that was actually better than trying because trying just mm. trying registered as being wrong, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and and I I could absolutely see that being like a a time and budget restraint because mm. getting that effect across uh, without having me being super obvious with wires and things like that. Uh, so you know, I, that is absolutely just nitpick. In in general, I really enjoyed um, the moon surface, even though there it's it's very. You know, there isn't a lot of a whole lot of colors and things like that to work with. But I, I, I appreciate that that they dared to have a lot of the movie set on such a dreary <laughs> surface yeah. and still yeah. making it good. And and another thing, like now we're getting sort of getting into costumes and lighting and things like that. But one thing I noticed and and I was like, oh, awesome that they that they did that um, is that they didn't have any lights in the helmets, which is such a staple in movies, uh, which is just not something that you can do in real life because you're gonna be blinded (laughs) obviously and they didn't have lights they just had like headlights going you know on them so at points when they was really dark and they couldn't they didn't have that light source you didn't see the faces yeah Um, and also another small details and this is actually something that i spent some time looking for in the film you know they had their helmets and they had their the, the glass on the helmet they didn't have like the 
which actual astronauts do the, the reflective thing mm, yeah. so that they don't get sunlight in their faces yeah. they didn't have that but they had the glasses on mm. and you can see reflections in the glass and i spent some time looking for it can you see the camera reflected on their helmet but i couldn't find it so i think they actually you know kudos to whoever did that that yes all i could see uh, in reflection was you know the other astronaut that was in the scene so you know awesome. that, I, I, I think that was great yes yeah. and things like that they just they raise it up a little bit they yeah, really do yeah, yeah you does. appreciate them once you notice them you're like Thank you, movie. I I I enjoy that. Yeah. I see you and I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Mira. Then uh, we've talked kind of in depth here about the other characters. Well, mostly the characters, like the actors and things like that. But Mira. I mean, Mira doesn't speak almost anything for the entire movie. So, how do mm. you feel like her as a character and like what she had to do? I I like. I like I think I like the concept of her character. So her role in the film is essentially that she has been left behind by these humanoid looking people that they find the skeletons of uh in some kind of stasis or whatever for like 14,000 years. Mm. It's a really long time. She has been left behind and she has like been chosen to do that for whoever finds her in the future so that she can warn these future people against the robot aliens. And I kind of like that concept, you know, oh, we have a woman here who's been asleep for a very long time and she wakes up to this new world. Like, it's cool. I like it. Mm. Um, I don't quite like her as a love interest for Jason. Yes. Uh, it's, there's nothing there. There's no chemistry. No. No. <laughs> um, no. That scene was... Because there is a scene where uh, by the by this time Bruce has died and they're out of the... Uh, out of the temple and they're sort of you know have taking a break basically because mm. sort of you know what are we going to do next so they sort of have a nice nice pop-up tent i like the pop-up tent they brought it on a on a rover and they in, in, it, it inflated and became a tent so they spent some time there to just like take a break and um it's so awkward i think he says something like oh i i woke up and just to die or something like that which uh, isn't a bad sentence or anything but then they 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 lock eyes and then they embrace for a kiss and then they have sex and it's really weird because there wasn't really anything leading up to that which made you think like oh yes finally this is happening or oh i'm of course this is the next logical step in their development mm. of their relationship no there's no such thing they just kiss and it just it just it just was awkward just awkward yeah and so unnecessary because the sort of attachment that i feel he would have to her is already stated when he says that i woke up just for you to die so that could be his motivation for sort of taking care of her and and because he does so later on like he saves her from a vicious machine and everything like that but it's not important right now but anyway so the motivation for him to sort of take care of her and and sort of help her and, and guide her later on on earth it, it would make sense without them really going for a love love story that just doesn't work so yeah uh, mira could have done more could have yeah. done more yeah 
a lot more. <laughs> not not the best warning beacon, honestly, because she couldn't say anything either, and she didn't have anything written. So it was just like, okay, so you were supposed to warn people, or warn who whatever you know in the future, but you you don't express it in any way, mm. as far as I remember, at least. So. No, I, bit I don't remember there, either. So. But yeah. So the aliens and their sort of crusade against <laughs> <laughs> anything, honestly. I don't think they chose humans specifically. They're just on a crusade to destroy everything and conquer and, and uh, obtain materials and things like that. How do you feel about their motivations and how do you feel like they work as an antagonist in the movie? <laughs> do we even know what their motivation is? We kind of do, actually. We kind of do. Because Walters points it out at one point when they are... Because they get mm, yes. uh, kidnapped by the aliens and put in a sort of torture chamber. And he looks at a wall where there is like a dis- dismembered hand or a head or things like that. And he says, oh, we're just we're just spare parts to them. Mm, yes, so I remember that. that yeah. I think that's just basically the motivation. It's really simple, but I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I suppose since, you know, these aliens are using, they're using like body parts to build themselves, but there are still parts of them that are quote unquote robots, Mm. uh, as as we would call it. Um, And I think from that perspective, yes, it does make sense because probably they have just been sort of programmed to, to do this, to to build themselves up from whatever material they have available, yeah. essentially. And they are sort of... Scavengers. They, yeah, they are just doing that over and over again. Mm. Like, they, they they don't seem to have any other purpose, as far as I can tell. Um, so they, they are really just going with what I assume is their programming. And yeah, that that's kind of scary, actually, because mm. they are... That means that you can't argue with them you can't exactly make deals with them you can't have some kind of truce with them or or you know <laughs> so yeah 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 there's yeah, no but... like head of state or anyone that you can either kill or or like you know have have talks with about mm-hmm. you know things like that so yeah that is um scary actually yeah i think if you if you are going to do a sci-fi film and you maybe don't have the biggest budget and you don't have the most time in the film to sort of build up an alien civilization. I think this is actually a good way to go about it because that means that you you, you really only have to have that concept, you know. They are being programmed to do this and they're going to do it. Uh, You don't need more than that, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, then it's sort of stated... Stated clearly, it's simple. It leaves enough room for your own interpretation. Like, why are they on the moon? But we don't know any of their backstory. We mm. just know that they arrived. Uh, they killed off the people like um, on the moon for fourteen thousand years ago, and now they are sort of like vultures, just going about their business. And their business is death, <laughs> basically. And that that is um, that is enough for a movie like this. Absolutely. Uh, what do you feel? What, what do you think about their appearance? Um, they feel very 80s. <laughs> yes. Cylon um, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 in a good way. In yeah. a good way, I think. Um, they look cool. A, li- a little bit retro, mm. but kind of, you know, they look good. You know, they, they look... Even though we've sort of established that this is a low-budget film, you know, the practical effects still decently done. You know, there, mm. there's there's some craftsmanship that's gone into making these robots, and they look... They look 
Yeah, there is the sort of the torture chamber scene that I mentioned. There is a robot there who, has cle- who clearly has like a spine and I think parts of a skull and things like that. And it does mm. look, I mean, because the design itself is, I wouldn't say dorky, but it is, it's got that 80s feel to it, absolutely. Uh, but that, that merger with like a spine, partial skull and this sort of Cylon like old school Cylon appearance is it's uh, kind of neat and there is I mean we're gonna get into my biggest disappointment with this movie are you ready <laughs> yeah you I'm ready? really curious about this bring the napkins because tears <laughs> will be rolling uh, <laughs> but there is this wonderful and it's so short there's this wonderful scene after uh, Bruce Campbell is dead by now and they've made 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 sex almost said, uh, made made love in the in the pop-up tent and they're awoken by uh, Bruce Campbell being being a partial yeah. robot and he is looking insane and for a brief moment we see a totally different ridiculous movie with these semi-humanoid you know zombie degrading kind of people with like Bruce Campbell being their leader or something like that like he's i just i'll settle for just him tormenting them for like five minutes that would have been enough but he that was just a bit underused and it was glorious oh god damn it (laughs) (laughs) that was a really good scene otherwise Uh, you know you you see his face turn up in the window of the pop-up tent and you're like oh my god it's it's ray again but then they fight it and it's just robot has like taken his face and just put it like making it part of, of the, the robots and it's just oh dear <laughs> yeah yeah and it's horrifying like that that's his old astronaut body and they they're using his face and he's looking insane and it would have just been so like that's one of those moments where they should have spent a, a bit of time with him well like with bruce campbell tormenting them and being you know on their tail and everything like that and it just being right soul wrenching for poor jason Mm. having like his old partner chasing him in this sort of morbid way Mm. um would have been terrific but i'm still super glad that it happened i wasn't expecting it when he died bruce that is i was just like oh no but then he came back for a brief wonderful moment and i was happy again (laughs) yeah Uh, the ending then what do we think about the ending um it is in my opinion, it's kind of the kind of ending that is supposed to be maybe not surprising, but there's supposed to be a little bit of a twist there. And I'm just sitting there rolling my eyes like, are we doing this again? <laughs> um, so we see in the ending scene, we see uh, Jason and Mira together on Earth and she has learned to speak a little bit of English. Um, but we also see what appears to be one of these alien eggs that has crashed somewhere and is starting to build up uh, himself uh, on Earth. And it's one of these endings like, oh, the aliens are dead. Oh, no, they aren't. And I'm just like, I've seen this before. It's not exciting. <laughs> well, it's one of those optimistic endings where the director and everyone else think that they're going to make a moon trap too. So, you know, good, good, good for them keeping their hopes up <laughs> thinking that I actually be a think one. there was a moon trap <gasps> no, too. No, really. But like much oh. much later. Uh it's called Moon Trap Target Earth and it was released in 2017. What? 
Yes. <laughs> it's made by the same uh, director, and I think it's technically a sequel. Uh, my mind is blown. Well, then, obviously, it makes perfect sense for them to have that ending. And, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm excited. Well, am I? I don't know. Uh, I would like to point out that Moontrap Target Earth has uh, a rating of 3.8 on IMDb. So don't get it, too excited. I mean, it's still better than Alpha Incident. So I'll take that any day. Of... Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, wow. Well, um got a bit derailed now in my brain I feel like but uh, <laughs> uh well it's I mean I kind of feel like it's the ending that you're expecting I mean it's maybe it's supposed to be but we're expecting that kind of ending of a movie like this so for me it made absolute sense and I was like yeah it's supposed to be there and um uh, you know seeing a junkyard robot I mean in, in your head seeing a junkyard junkyard robot becoming to life a sort of uh, wreaking havoc on earth Sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, so, I don't know. How do I feel about the ending in general? Uh, I mean, it's a happy ending. And that's nice. No one went down in a like heroic, martyred, martyred death or anything like that. Like, Mira and, and uh, Jason uh, are excited about their life together and blissfully ignorant about what's going on at the junkyard mm. so i'm i'm i think it's appropriate i think it's an appropriate ending for this uh, kind of movie and for the movie that it was so yeah yeah i mean it's not unsatisfying you know yeah. it ties things together yeah, exactly. it's, it was just that 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 twist that i was sort of like oh, <laughs> i'm tired okay. of this <laughs> and i will say also it was nice to see mira speaking a little bit because she hasn't mm. I mean she only said like two or three names uh, in the whole movie so it was nice to see to see, have her speak a little bit and also you know kind of getting her perspective on things like she talked about how she was chosen for, for it and she didn't want to be uh, the warning beacon for future generations so it was nice to sort of finally have her voice also in the movie mm. uh, because otherwise I don't think that there is a single woman who says anything so I'll take it. Uh, no, th I, there is like a lab assistant in the beginning that is like, oh no, the uh, alien sure. body is gone. If you want to count the, the lab assistant and the, <laughs> then the waitress at one point, then yes, <laughs> there were women speaking. But uh... <laughs> I think there were actually more like naked breasts in this than there were women speaking. But, yeah. Well, I think there was an equal amount of breasts. As there were women yeah, speaking. Yeah. So yeah. does that mean that this is feminist masterpiece? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I'm just kidding. But, uh, that's yeah. up for debate. That's up mm. for debate. But yeah, is there is there anything else that you feel like we haven't touched upon um, in the movie that you want to sort of get into before we do our usual rounds of uh, questions? No, I think we've, we've covered um, most of the interesting things and maybe the less interesting as well mm. um sort of in conclusion i will say that i think it is a visually interesting film to watch it's it's creative visually and it's sort of pleasing to watch in that regard um but in terms of editing writing characters and maybe even the pacing it leaves some things to be desired um, on an emotional level and also maybe mm. like on a technical level. It's it's unpolished, but it's fine. Yes, there are 
a number of few of, of small things that should have been different to make it a great movie. Well then, then we are at the point where we go through our usual usual suspects. <laughs> uh, so I'm interested to see if you can, or if you want to replace an actor to improve the movie. So the premise of this is that you're in a time machine, Linnea, and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this movie. Uh, would you bring someone and who would you bring in that case? Ooh, um... I don't actually think I have a name here, mm? but I kind of know vaguely how I would do this. Mm? Um, Interesting. Yeah, sadly, you know, nothing. No, no offense to Walter Koenig. Um, I, 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 I don't hate him. <laughs> I, I actually think I quite like him in in Babylon Five, etc. Mm. But I think he probably was the worst actor in this film, so I might replace him mm. with someone else um, and I don't have a name for who I want to replace him with but I have like the concept of what I wanted his character mm. to be and it mm. is more someone someone more like a leader type you know someone who actually feels like he's the captain of this expedition yeah. I think yeah. uh, and someone who is maybe a little bit more of a hunk <laughs> if you know what okay, I mean, yes. Um, because then I would sort of maybe feel like um, I I think that could sell me more on the romance with Mira, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, Walter, even though he looks fine, is not exactly a heartthrob, at least not in this film. So, mm. um, I I think I would I would like him more as the if I'm gonna compare it with with previous movies we've seen, maybe like the captain from green slime or the captain from oh, planet of yeah. vampires you know that kind More of character. classic yeah classic yeah. captain uh, feel almost yeah 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 no fair and i think that sort of you know comes back to to the point that we made earlier in the episode like it's it, there's just something off and it might be the script it might be the interpretation from walter's side or, or the fact that there should have been a different relationship or survival even situation here. So uh, I think sort of doing what you suggest here could, could fix a, a part of that, definitely. Uh, I am also, sorry to say it, Walter, but I'm also replacing Walter. <laughs> and I have to say, like you said, it, there, it, it's not, nothing against Walter. Just, it just kind of feels like a miscast. Something mm. feels a little bit uh, like it went wrong here yeah, um, yeah. Uh, i would actually just just as a tangent yeah i would actually uh, if i were casting for this film and i had walter i would actually put him more on, on as a i don't know maybe like it like a leader on earth like one of the the main guys at nasa or something yes. that was sort of planning this expedition from earth you know that kind of character i would he put him in a role be, like that yeah he should be the guy i don't remember his name but he should be the guy uh like the houston guy you like the one with the headset hmm? at houston like yeah he should be that guy yeah um because that guy wasn't super impressive so i would have absolutely liked to see Walter. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's forgettable that's it and i think walter could have been not so forgettable, actually. So yeah, yeah. he would have been better in that role. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm switching things up here uh, in terms of age. I'm lowering the age a little bit here, but still keeping it. 
I think almost like 20 years older than than what Bruce Campbell was in in the role. Like Bruce Campbell is because he's got such a big jaw and everything. <laughs> like you kind of <laughs> feel like he's older than he actually is and I think he's like 30 or something here. Mm. Uh, but I'm also gender bending things here. So I'm casting ah. someone um I'm casting Renee Elise Goldsbury again. Name here. I think it's Elise or it's El- Elise or Elise. Uh, mm. And if you've seen, for example, Altered Carbon, then she is the rebel leader, Quell, Quell, Quellquist, Quell, ah, uh, well, you know, yes. like the rebel yes. leader. And yes. also from, from things like, she's so multi-talented, this, this person, but she's also like in Hamilton and, and singing. It's just mm. amazing. So she's super... I just feel like she's a very charismatic person who also feels very confident, like I'm talking here specifically about like her uh, rebel leader um role here i feel like she would she she has the sort of aura of someone you would trust and follow so mm. i think she should have she could have been a much better fit um if we're gonna have the older captain be the one who who makes it and um sort of proves <laughs> proves to the youngsters that <laughs> she still got it <laughs> uh so and she she i would believe it that she still got it so i mean for sure <laughs> so that's why i would uh, i would cast her yeah awesome that was not at all in the direction that my mind went uh but i am all for gender bending so yeah, yes <laughs> thumbs up for that i would watch it yes i would i want to watch her and everything so <laughs> <laughs> her and bruce campbell in that movie oh perfect mm, yes, yes uh so from actors to uh relationships uh i want to see if you want to wreck any relationships in this movie and uh, you know fantasize about a romantic relationship that we we don't see in the movie but you want it to happen or maybe if you want to alter a current romantic relationship <laughs> i don't know don't want to put words in your mouth but uh, uh is there any tweaks like that you want to do to this movie yeah, I honestly think I will probably skip the romantic relationship altogether. Fair, um, fair. Uh, I'm on board with that. I mean, since, since the only, like, women, w- woman with, with any important role in the film is Mira. And she really only hangs out with Ray and Jason, because they're all on, stranded on the moon. Her potential love interests are Jason and Ray, and I don't really feel like she... F- fit with any of them um, no. especially since we see her have like this emotional <sighs> response to seeing one of the skeletons in this temple where mm. she has been kept um, and she picks up like a like a bracelet from one of them and it's sort of implied that this was someone important to her maybe like a husband or maybe a family member but still if we're sort of reading into that 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 is a previous relationship, even though 14,000 years have passed. For her, it's been like, I don't know, a day. You know, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yep. So uh, having her build a new relationship with, with the first guy that she meets is sort of like, uh, no, no, thank you. It's a bit icky, actually, when you put it like that. Like the first yeah. person she sees and her, her life is like dependent on on sort of you know them liking her almost it it does yeah. it does it's a bit weird yeah yeah definitely uh yeah and like i said i'm 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 with you here just skip it 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 wasn't it didn't bring anything else uh, to to the movie that was necessary so yeah if if you look at something like alien 
that doesn't have a romantic relationship in it and it's awesome so you don't yes. need to have that well then i want to know when you have a selection before you who you want to bang bond or blast and bang bond blast is our version of fuck Mary kill in the same order and your selection is mira jason and ray who do you pick wow um i actually think this might be a tricky one um mm. More tricky than, than our usual selections are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so, sometimes it's obvious which ones mm. you're going to pick uh, for, for uh, which category. Uh, but this one is, uh, yeah, it's, it's trickier. Yeah. Um, yeah. None, of these, none of these people are unappealing, mean, or something that would make you go, you know, like with your gut that says, no. So, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Yeah, it's they're, they're all... They're all nice people. Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bang Ray, and that's mm. uh, Campbell's character, mm. um, purely because I think Campbell was the the the, ha- the handsomest of the bunch. Mm. Um, Agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bang someone, I, that, that's gonna be a motivator. Just saying. For sure. uh, <laughs> and then. Ooh, I that guess I'm tricky. yeah. This this one is harder, but I guess I'm gonna bond Jason. Mm. I mean, if if we're thinking this is someone I need to build a life with, we see that he is a father mm. and he's supposedly a you know responsible guy. Um, uh, could be a family man, you know. Um, so so I I guess I would bond him and then. Mira will get blasted purely because she has the least personality out of the three. Mm. So I can't really, I can't draw any conclusions about her, you know. Exactly. What kind of character is she really? Yeah. You know, would she be someone that you would bond with? I don't know, because we don't really see that in the film. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, and you can't choose Bang on her either, just because there's Ray in the bunch. So yeah. it's just by, yeah. you know... It just has to be this way. I'm doing the exact same same thing that you do. Uh, and I will say that when it comes to, you know, if, you, if we're comparing Jason and Ray, who are the most speaking characters, let's say. Uh, Ray did go to a bar with strip dancers, like exotic dancers. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and was a bit rude at one point, I, I if I remember correctly here. So, uh, and Jason was the one who sort of went to him and oh get out of here or something like that or talking about the mission or something something a bit more responsibilities that's what jason was doing so that's why i'm also bonding him so otherwise i'm doing the exact same thing that you are well then um the next segment is favorite film quote and this is uh, your favorite quote from the movie a word a phrase a speech or whatever that has stuck with you for some reason um the good the bad and the unintentionally or maybe intentionally entertaining what have you picked about well there is probably a lot of awkward lines you could <laughs> you could pick from this movie but i'm picking two if that's okay i'm breaking the rules here a little, here a little bit there are two quotes that i have um but two that i feel sort of sums up parts of this movie 
uh, the, so the first one is when Ray is is uh, on his deathbed essentially, and uh, Jason is holding him and he's, and he's li- they're having this last conversation and <laughs> and Ray says, "Don't take no shit from a machine," <laughs> <laughs> which Jason says at a lat- later point when he shoots something or something like or m- maybe when a bomb goes off he says he says that again like. I'm not taking any shit from no machine or something like that. So mm. it was kind of funny to me. And also, uh, as Ray, we alluded to this, like we talked about this earlier when he said like, oh my God, we're just spare parts. So uh, that is also a quote to sort of sums up the, um, um, the movie in a way for me. Like, that's what we are, spare parts, he says to Mira or himself, unclear. So those mm. are my two film quotes. Do you, do you have a, anything you want to share? Uh, I would pick uh, the same as you, I think. Ah. Um, especially the uh, we don't take no shit from the machine. Uh, really, only because that is one of the things that's sort of repeated throughout the exactly. film. I think it's I think it's mentioned maybe three times because Could there's be. one there's one point at the beginning where Ray is having trouble with this uh, soda machine, so he kicks it and he's like, "I don't take no shit from a You're machine right. or whatever." You're right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I kind of like how that's a, a thread throughout the film. <laughs> they, they are saying that line. It's, it, it, it does mean that there is a, a narrative flow of some yeah. kind that I kind of like. So, yeah, I would pick that one too. Absolutely. Underline that one then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then we are getting to uh, argue why this should win a Gordon, and Gordon is of course our version of the Oscars, uh, which is equally as valid as the Oscars. Um, Even more so, up... I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More so. uh, and we make up the categories as we like. So, Ebba, why should this win a Gordon, and in which category? Hmm. It's, it's a tricky one for me. There are two things that I have in mind, but I'm just think, thinking like which one is most important to me. Well, I, you know what? I got I gotta give it to the headlights. So I want to nominate it for a <laughs> <laughs> for a Gordon for not having headlights inside of their goddamn helmets. I really appreciated that. So you know, that should win a Gordon for 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 that simple little thing that they left out. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. That's a good choice. Um, I mean, I think that they actually the space suits overall were a good design. Yeah, um, they looked they looked like actual spacesuits, yeah. you know, sort of Looks big functional. and clumsy and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, functional. So you know, thumbs up for that. Um, I want to give it for a specific a specific scene, I suppose, in the film, and mm. that is when they for the first time see the temple on the moon, because that is just yes. such a wow yes. scene like that that's the biggest wow in the whole film yes. and i loved it and it was a really nice design you know very, very sort of strange design on the temple you know it did look alien and it looked even more alien because it was on the moon and it's just like yes mm, i like this it's, it's a little bit of of world building here i yes. suppose you can say it, that it's just mm, it's tantalizing i like mm-hmm. it i want more of that mm-hmm. so you know i'm gonna give it for that perfect Gordon because it does make you sort of think like oh I wonder what sort of tunnels are in this mountain like what Mm. what more places are like this entrance on on moon like it 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 makes you sort of think and and fantasize about what else could be there so 
mm. a great garden to give out. Absolutely. Mm, double features, ska jag fråga dig för den första kanske? Det kan du göra, mm. det kan du göra. And uh, rounding off here, and rounding things off here with a double feature, like do you have any sort of movie or other media that you would uh, recommend that would go along well with uh, with Moontrap? Um, well, other than the previously mentioned uh, Alien and mm. The Thing, um, and also The Thing from Another World, which is the, the original one from the mm. 50s, I would watch all three of them, actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and also I would check out Walter Koenig in Babylon 5, because I mm. think Babylon 5 is a great show. Mm. Uh, but I also would recommend another film, and this is the kind of film that, like Moontrap, it's not necessarily the greatest film ever, yeah. but it kind of has some similarities here. And I think this is a film from the 90s uh, based on a book and it's called Sphere. Uh, and it is, instead of finding strange things on the moon, they find it at the bottom of the sea. Uh, and as a sort of, this this crew of people that go investigate some strange, what appears to be an alien ship, but then turns out to maybe not be that. And it's like strange oh. and weird. Uh, and it's, it's kind of fun. It's... <sighs> It's not the best film, but it's kind of en- it's kind of entertaining anyway. So I would and I would maybe check it out. And it might go well with this one if if I yeah. understand it correctly. Yeah. So you know, check it out. Awesome. Uh, I'm taking things very uh, very literal here with Moon. <laughs> so I have two suggestions, and one uh, it just struck me. So this is uh, this is new. Uh, we all we usually recommend something, but I'm gonna say stay away from something. Oh. But we're saving that for because firstly I want to re- recommend <laughs> things here. So moon trap, spending a lot of time on moon, you know this sort of moon gray surface and and it's just it has not a whole lot of colors but they can still be dramatic. So I'm recommending a movie that I know we've talked about before. It might have been my um, when we talked about our favorites and things like that earlier this year. Uh, but I'm recommending Moon. It's mm. a terrific movie and it's it's absolutely well well worth mentioning a few times because the acting is terrific and the story is uh thrilling and it keeps you keeps you hooked so that is my foremost recommendation I'd say yeah, yeah and th- and then I'm just recommending something that sometimes you know you have an itch for astronauts space missions and and weird stuff happening in space when human starts to interact with it and a movie that I remember scratching that itch, but I don't remember it like, oh my God, it was so amazing and everything. But it might scratch that itch. That is all that I'm saying that this movie might do. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> promising anything else. Um, but that is Europa Report from 2013. Mm. And yes. it also stars Michael Nyqvist, or I should say Nikel Nyqvist, a Swedish um, actor who was... A really amazing uh, actor in my opinion and he passed a few years ago so fun, fun fact yeah. actually when i i uh, when i was at university i took i actually took m- more than one course in astrobiology which is about life in space and for one of those courses uh, we get we got to choose to watch a film and we got to choose between contact and europa report so oh. um you know i have <laughs> have good memories of it <laughs> what a random thing awesome <laughs> uh so now we come we come to the thing that i'm gonna say you know maybe stay away from this <laughs> which is so salty and so unnecessary for me but i will i will 
I hopefully will make it clear why I say this. Uh, but, you know, Andy Weir, um, who wrote oh, that Mars book. <laughs> the Martian. <laughs> Thank you. The Mars book. Yes. <laughs> who wrote The Martian, who is a, which is a well-loved uh, book and also a well-loved movie for, for good reason. Uh, his latest book was called, um, it's called Artemis and it's taking place on, on the moon. And uh, I think it's like maybe two or three years old by now. And it's just a really underwhelming book. There's not many great things I can say about it unless you're really <laughs> into <laughs> really into some specific mechanical things in space. And I'm talking really specific. And you, you're not too concerned about the plot being not very interesting and the tension not really being there, even though the book is telling you that it's super tense. <laughs> And important <laughs> right now. Uh, if you don't mind that, then this could absolutely be a book for you. But if you're expecting uh, a thrilling book with an amazing main character set on moon, because it's it's it sounds fun and awesome to you, then maybe maybe going with the right right expectations. I will say that I have actually read Artemis. Um, don't remember much of it other than I thought it was rather boring. So. Well, there you go. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but you know, read the Martian instead. Uh, if I yeah, that's a better choice. One, two recommends and one not recommend for me because I'm salty. <laughs> Anti recommend. Yeah. <laughs> okay then. Uh, so for our last question, uh, should this be remade in 2020 or I suppose 2021 at this point? Oh. You know what? I'm really into my idea of having Elise, <laughs> Elise, but <laughs> but but Renee starring in this sort of captain role with someone. You know, going from from not being sold on this idea in the beginning, but with her, I I I kind of want to see her in in a role like this. So, you know, why not? Why not? It's there are a lot of generic things. Uh, that remind you of other movies in this movie. But as it is, I think it has something and I could see it being remade. You? I don't know. My first argument would be that since we had the supposed sequel to this from 2017, yeah. I sort of feel I like yeah, we, we don't, mm. yeah, we don't need another moon trap. Uh, but then at the same time, we haven't really had that many films recently. I mean, big budget films that has focused on the moon. The moon has sort of... It's fallen a little bit out of fashion, I guess, because now Mars and, and Venus are some of the more interesting choices. So, yeah, I mean, for for that, you know, if it's a, just a new film, big budget film that focuses on the moon, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, I, I would watch it, so. <laughs> go for it, is what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, listener, have you seen Moontrap? Uh, we want to know what you think, so go to our Facebook page, uh, Star Crash Podcast, where you can share your thoughts and also give us recommendations for future episodes. And if you don't like Facebook, you can also look us up on Instagram, where we are also uh, at Star Crash Podcast. Uh, and join us in two weeks as we sit down and actually travel back to the 1800s for a package of short films made in the 1800s. So bye-bye. Bye! -bye. bye. <laughs>